I like having a mindset of abundance, regardless of what the rest of the world believes. And I just think it's so much better and so much easier to run a business when you have that kind of mindset. And it's really awesome when you see your competition not having that kind of mindset. That part gets really exciting. Welcome to Access Points, the podcast where we discuss the tools, habits, and ideas that can help you achieve and maintain the leadership mindset so you can reach peak performance. Are you ready for your all-access pass to some of the top minds on the topic of leadership? Let's get started. So let me ask you this. So let's talk a little bit about something you and I have learned a lot okay. in the last four years, and that's the word mindset. Yeah. And so in access points, we talk a lot about mindsets. We okay. talk a lot about how we think about our thinking. We talk about how we think about certain things, whether they were successful or, or, or they were failures. Yeah or what that was. So talk a little bit about your business and how mindset training and whether you learned that from Dan Sullivan or from, we're going to talk about Barb DeCosta in a minute yeah. or just anything. Tell me about mindset and what you've been able to take away from that. That's really made a difference in your business. I think mindset is probably the single most important thing, right? So, and I think it's something that at least for me personally, I'm constantly a student of this, right? I think there's no one right way to kind of get there. And that's when you kind of talk about me asking questions, I, I tend to look at other successful people, right? I'm lazy by nature. So if I can get some sort of edge to borrow something that you do, right, that helps you and I see how you live your life, well, like I'm going to take that and I'm going to try to incorporate that into how essentially I do things. It's funny that you mentioned that just because simply because our business kind of took a pretty big beating at the early part of COVID, you know, in March and April. And I think I have like this blurry moment of when COVID started of about like a six to eight week period where things were just kind of like a blur. And I just think there was just so much stuff going on mm -hmm. that it was just too much too fast. And even someone that is very mindful of this, mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest, it was probably more than I could have handled at right. the time. Like literally my world was on fire. Yeah. And it was going back to the basics and trying to get back to the things that, you know, cause, cause it's easier to say, oh, like I'm very mindful of my mindset and all that kind of stuff when things are kind of okay. Right. right? It's another thing to kind of behave that way. Like when she hits a fan. It does. Right? It, it's, it's, um, it's easy to take advice and give advice when things are good. Yes. When things are really tough. And we talked about this on this, on the podcast quite a bit, when things are really tough, it's yeah. really tough to not go back to what you did before and curl yeah. up in a ball and yes. either scream at everybody or yes. go into hiding yes. or, you know, it, you, you tend to be extreme. Right. Yes. And so, yeah. So you and I had this conversation back, yeah. I can't remember, was it several months ago on that we did kind of a zoom call between yeah. two of us. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about yeah. this and that was one, yeah. one of my questions was, you know, it was, it was fun talking to you about what you went through mm -hmm. and how that six to eight week period. So can you go back in your mind? Have you gone back and thought about when you started seeing all this start to kind of happen? And when you first recognized that this was going to affect your business? Do you remember that? Yeah. So uh, just to kind of give everyone some sort of baseline, you know, retail essentially shut down from whatever rate that it was going to zero in about a 15 day period. Right. So our wholesale business, every retailer that I've mentioned at the beginning part of this podcast, 
stopped taking merchandise for about a 75 to 90 day period, right? So our business went from whatever volume that we were at to literally zero, right? So you're looking at this and, and so when this first starts, it's easy for me to say right now that it was a 75 to 90 day period. But when that first started, you had no, you had idea, no idea right? like when the end was essentially right. going to be, right? right? So you have all of this inventory that we've essentially manufactured and planned to import is all sitting in the warehouse. And now it's just like sitting there. So yeah, right. which you look at it, a lot of people would walk in there and say clothes. Yeah. You look at it and you say money. Yes. And just kind of like I, I associate this back to kind of like to food, specifically for fashion apparel, there's a certain shelf life of of your your product because you know typically when things are out of season they go on sale right so your the the value of your inventory decreases by by 33 percent after 90 days about you know 60 percent after 120 days and so on and so forth so i when you talk about like world on fire that was like i really thought like the world was burning right what, what was the first moment that you caught yourself kind of in a funk do you remember about how far into it you were when you started, when all the, all the things you'd learned about mindset and all the yeah, things that yeah, you had yeah. taught yourself or taught to other people had, you kind of stopped and went, okay, I'm not where I was. I'm in here. So to be honest, I recognized that pretty early on, right? Good. But there's one thing to recognize it. And the other, other thing is I'm going to be honest. I like, I feel like I'm, I'm a pretty like driven person, but there's one thing to recognize it and then to, to act and behave accordingly. Right. So the thing, all the things that I do that I've done before, and then even the things that I do right now, when they kind of talk about, like, you got to protect your own personal confidence, right? Cause your entire organization is predicated on what you believe in, right? right. If you're in a funk, what is everyone else going to do? Exactly. Right? And then what are the things that a person like guys like you and me, what do we do to protect against that? Well, you know, you probably work out every day, right? Mm -hmm. I don't work out for my body. I work out for my mind. Right. Like I work out to have that clear mind. Right? right. And, you know, so you would think like during the like times like this, you should kind of like double down in terms of like protecting your, your mind, protecting your body and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't do that because I was literally working like 16 hours. I was working day and night just to try to like, and all the things that you say, you know, you can't physically like outwork this. You know that before, but when things are just so bad, you just, yeah, I don't know. It's just, if, if I'm going to worry, I'm going to worry at my desk yeah. and not worry at home because at least when I'm at the office, I can feel like I can do something about it with yeah. I can or not. Yeah. I didn't do it. it like I had to go through the, the, that time, the process myself. Right. And then where, where I went, and almost when things started getting a little better, where it was kind of like, Hey, you know, you thought the world was burning around you, but it's not good, but it's not that bad. Right. right? So it, it got, it got into like, look, let's snap out of it. Let's go back to, you know, cause I, I'm going to be honest. I regressed as a entrepreneur. I regressed as a leader. I regressed over that, that, that six to eight period. And I'm the first one to admit it. Right. Am I, disappointed that I did. Yeah. But I think if anything remotely close to this is ever going to happen in the future, it's kind of like wartime experience. Right. Right. You know, you can practice for this kind of stuff, but until it really, really matters when you got like, you know, a hundred employees that you need to make sure that, you know, they get paid. 
right? And the business that you have isn't generating any cash. You know, you got to think about them and their families. That was just a lot of pressure for me, right? Yeah. And and when things got better, it, like if, if I had to do things all over again, I definitely would have maintained my current regimen of, you know, talking to the right people, right? You know, protecting my own confidence, you know, protecting my body, right? Like all, all those things, I definitely think it, it would have helped because- yeah, man. For like a for a two month period, it was a pretty dark spot. And, and you know, we've we've talked in this podcast quite a bit about. In fact, one of the last three or four, I think, that we did, we talk a lot about. You know, it's of twenty twenty being such a terrible year. Yeah. But yet, you know, let's look from a mindset standpoint. Let's let's look at it and say it can it can it can be a terrible year if we let it be. Oh yeah. Or what can we take from this that we're so much smarter? We have so much more wisdom now than we did then coming yeah. out of this thing. So looking back, you know, totally, it was actually, it, it's, we talk a lot about gap and gain here. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so we can look back at the gap or we can look back at the gain. And so you, you, you talked about some of those things for you. So tell me one or two things that were gains for you over the past, say six, eight months that you really look back on and go, these are the two takeaways that were huge for me. Well, I will say this, after all the things I just said about what, what occurred at the beginning of this, I am for sure, without a doubt, positive that our organization is better and stronger right now. Like when we come out of this, we're coming out of this like like a cannonball, right? right. Like we are already set up like for that. Just basic, basic stuff. Like there's, if you just look at where we're spending like our resources, right? Like you, you end up questioning everything. Like, you know, right. before we did stuff, you know, I, and I hate to be the person to just do things for the sake of doing it. So we, I was, I was pretty like adamant about everyone in the organization thinking the why behind why we do things. But when you get put into this situation, you really, really look at it. It's like, is this necessary? Right. right. You know, what adds true value to our customer? Right? right. What adds true value to the organization? And if you just look at basic stuff like that, you know, I think our processes are way more streamlined. We cut out like any unnecessary process. We essentially just eliminated it. One thing I also like having right now, I like having a mindset of abundance, regardless of what the rest of the world right. believes. Right. And that was really hard to do at the beginning of this. Mm -hmm. Right. But right now, it's not that hard. We're still mindful of, of our spending, but we're aggressive, right? And I just think it's so much better and so much easier to run a business yeah. when you have that kind of mindset. And it's really awesome when you see your competition not having that kind of mindset. Right, right. That part gets really exciting. It is. Right? We talked about that very thing a couple of uh, couple of episodes, I guess, about, you know, there's one of two ways you can react to this thing. You can Absolutely. circle the wagons. Yeah. And just protect what you have. Yeah. Or you can have the mindset of, okay, yeah. we're, this is the time we're going to attack. Yeah. And, you know, that's, we get lean, figure yeah. out how to do things better. We have the time yeah. to be able to do it. Let's figure these things out now while we have the opportunity. Let's start pulling the bow back now yeah. so that yeah. when the economy comes back and, and spending gets there, yeah. that, man, we're, we're the first arrow out, right? Let me give you an example. So when most of us as consumers, when we walk into a department store, you know, you just think, you know, a certain brand has a certain place within the store. None of it's by chance, right? So it, it uh, certain brands are, are, are there because of, I would say probably one of three different reasons. One is because the brand actually paid the retailer to be there. So, cause, so it's kind of like a leased space. Which is something I learned this summer yeah. that happens and I, and it's, yeah. 
It's big. It's big. Yeah. yeah. And and the, the bigger the store, the more important the, the store, meaning like North Park, Neiman Marcus, like everything like along the escalators, that's usually like least space. Other one is based off of kind of brand performance, how, how important you are with the brand. And the last part is essentially we have a team of what we consider a regional merchandise coordinators. And these are just individuals that have a certain territory and their sole job is to be in store to help our retail partner better sell our product. And what does that mean? It means they help merchandise the floor to make it look nice and coordinated. It helps educate the sales associates in terms of new product, new collection. You know, we, we do things like contest motivation and stuff and we do like events in store so anything that's in store and and it has nothing to do about us selling more wholesale goods into the store it's about when we do sell product into the store that the end consumer has the best possible experience right, right. it's a very very costly department to have in any in it has, any. it has to be yeah in addition to having everyone in these you know you just layer on the travel and, and stuff like that so most brands have cut this department altogether, right? It's just been eliminated, right? And then for other companies, if they have it, they're not very active and proactive. Our team, and I, I, I and we check with every one of them in terms of, you know, their comfort level of traveling, stuff like that. Our team, they've doubled their travel because we're the only ones in store. Love that. Right? We're the only ones in store. And, and so the, the mindset that we have is that, you know, now... Our retail partners, not just the company themselves, but we're talking about because it's about people, right? right? It's about the it's about the department manager, it's about the store manager, it's about that sale sales associate, you know. During this, who's helping them to drive the business that they need? Right. right? So we've doubled down. I've hired two or three extra members of this department that we have, and we've really doubled down. And we're literally like the only ones out there doing that. And like in the feedback that we're getting, it was like, oh, like, you know, just, you know, you know thank you for remembering mm -hmm. us. Thank you for still coming in. Right. You know, so, and then and we do all the things that like, because you still have to care for the people at a human level. Right? So then when we go in, we, you know, our team travels with like PPE. So if, you know, if you don't have enough, take ours. It's, it's just, right. we're just taking care of them, right? Because, right. you know, they they take care of us, you know, throughout the year. Every every sales associate, every department manager has the ability to talk a customer into or out of your product. Exactly right. Right. You mentioned the word value. We've talked a lot about that. When all this first hit, and you, I know that you're still part of strategic coach or have yeah. been, is that, you know, Dan came out with a lot of that stuff of, you know, what do you do? Yeah. Right? You may or may not have a business anymore. What do you do? Yeah. And the first thing he said was go add value to your customers. Yeah. Whatever that means. Hey, can I go pick up the, your laundry for you? Right. Yeah. Can I do this? Can I, what can I do to add value to you today? Because you're not buying what I have yes. because you can't. Yes. Right. But how can I add value to you so that when things do pick up that I'm the one you remember? Yes. So that, you know, hopefully I'll, you can add more volume of my business when this is over yes. versus, you know, and it's fun to hear you say that. That word value means yeah. a lot 
to us here. Yeah, absolutely. And those listening, I know that we've talked about value and that's just one more way of, you know, circling the wagons versus being aggressive. Yes. I love that. So let's, let's talk about a friend that you and I both have mm-hmm. that we both think a lot of, and we hope to have her on the podcast sometime soon. Actually, yeah. I, don't you think she'd be great on the podcast? She is fantastic. Yeah. So we have, we have she a friend is. named Barb DaCosta that, um, she was, I don't know what her, when she was, uh, at strategic coach, I'm not sure what was her official title. Do you remember? I'm, she was I'm like our account that. rep type yeah. person yeah. That, that was it once a quarter, was it once a month we would have a call with? Uh, we, we were, rec- we, they recommended that we spoke to her once a quarter, but once you quarter. could try to like, I, I think I spoke to her more than once a quarter. Right. Yeah. I haven't talked about her a lot on the podcast yeah. yet, but I think it'd be a good way to kind of introduce her and talking about her a little bit. Cause you and I had some yes. of the same experiences Yes. in that what I took away from my time as strategic coach that was most valuable to me were those 20 minute, 30 minute calls I had with Barb. Yes. I can remember the very first call I ever had with her. Mm-hmm. And she got on and she had seen my Colby course before she called, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Now we do that internally where you, yeah. you look at somebody's Colby before you have a conversation with them to yeah. kind of remind you yeah. how they think. Yeah. And the first words out of her mouth, and she kind of talks fast anyway yeah. sometimes. And she said, hey, listen, Tim, hey, it's great to talk to you. I know I have only about 20 minutes of your attention. And we yeah. had an hour-long call scheduled, right? Yeah. I only have about 20 minutes of your attention. Yeah. So here's the things I want to cover. Yeah. So let's just jump right into it. Yeah. And the first was, man, she gets me. Yeah. Right? And as we talk from quarter to quarter, I can remember telling people that I work with and going home and telling my wife, she understands me better than I do yes. over the phone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember meeting her when we were in Toronto. Yeah. It didn't click with me that that's who that was versus yeah. who I was talking to, but I can remember we were, we're trying to figure out kind of, you know, with my strengths, yeah. uh, trying to put all that together and what are my unique abilities? And she would ask questions yeah. and I didn't always have the answers. And so she would think about it and next month we'll, we'll, I'll ask you the same question and, and we'll kind of parse through this. And it took like six months, Yeah. but I'll never forget. She asked me some questions about why, mm-hmm. why do you think this way? Why? And it just came over me like a flood. Like it was just, I got flush because it hit me. Why? why I am how I am. Right. Okay. And it wasn't a positive or negative thing. It was just the realities of, of that. Yeah. And it was the first time I think I'd ever really understood myself. Tell me I'm wrong. She has a way to be able to show you yourself in a way that I think very few people can. So can I make a comment on that? Sure. I agree with you hundred percent. And I think, um, when people ask, like they ask you, how have you involved as a leader? Right. And I think one of the most important things that I that I didn't do before was really to understand myself, right? right. Because I think you know, as a as a business leader, as an entrepreneur, you try to read a lot, you you listen to a lot of podcasts, and you also get all these other examples. And it's like, oh, so and so is an exceptional leader; they do this. So and so is an exceptional leader, and they do that. But I think at the end of it, I think authenticity is probably pretty important. Right. Right. And you can't have that until you really, really understand who you are. Right. And it's being authentic to yourself first, because if you're not, everyone else is going to essentially see right through that. So now I think after working with, with Barb, understanding who I am and just being okay with, Hey, this is just who I am. Like there's pros to being me, but there's a whole lot of cons to being me too. And, right. and I've accepted 
Like except both. Yeah. And I'm not, I, when I say I accept these cons, it's not like I'm not trying to improve as a person, as a leader uh, on, on a daily, weekly level. Right. But when you know yourself, you, you realize that you don't have to do it someone else's way. You, right. you, you get to do it your right. way. Right. And she's helped me do that. Davin and I talk on the podcast a lot about this because he's completely opposite than I am, right? Yeah. He's he's very much operations guy. His mind, I mean, he, he's on the Colby, he's on the opposite spectrum I am. <laughs> and and we talk a lot on the podcast about how the two of us together work really well. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for some of her working with us, it would be very difficult. And that, you know, he understands in talking to her how to work with me. In yes. other words, that, you know, he's got about two minutes of my attention yep. to be able to get what he needs from me. And he knows what questions to ask and when to get out. Yeah. He knows that I have a short attention span. Right. But also she's taught me how to work with him and that he needs some of those details. Yes. That give him the idea, give him just what he needs, allow him to ask questions and then just let him be. Yes. Right? And uh, and so, you know, she works a lot. And for those listening to the podcast, she actually is on her own now and does a lot of the, um, I guess it's strengths. So yep. Clifton strengths is kind yep. of where she focuses. Yep. And she works with a lot of our employees and our team members mm-hmm. on their strengths and, and how to take the things that you're really good at, things yep. of who you are, but also take the things like, for instance, for me, I know that if you ask me to go and organize something, I'm going to fail greatly. Yeah. Go ask Davin that. Yeah. Right? He's the guy that can do that. Um, if it comes to an idea, we've got a problem. We got to come up with an idea to, to solve or yep. to get out of this or whatever it is. That's where you come in my office and we whiteboard it. Right. Yep. And so to me, me better understanding my strengths and the things that I'm not so good at are more important than talking to someone who does something really well and me trying to emulate that because that person may not think like I do. Absolutely. And so Davin and I talk about discipline and we, he has, he, he's actually done a podcast, a three-part series called the, the, the disciplines of Davin or three disciplines of Davin. Yeah. And it's not me, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad he can be that, but that's yeah. not me. Yeah. Now we hope to do a podcast soon on the lack of discipline from Tim and how that works or whatever we name yeah. that. But it's kind of more of how my mind works. Cause you know, everybody that's listening to this podcast, we're not all the same. Yes. And so if some of you that are listening are more like me where we're visionaries, yep. we don't put things in, in spaces and they don't all have a place. They all just kind of my, my desktop all my files go on my desktop and thank God for search, right? <laughs> yeah. Where you're probably much more structured and where things go and how things go, where they're supposed to be and everything has a place and, and your mind may work differently, but either yeah. way, w- what I love about Barb is she is able to talk to you very specifically on who you are yeah. and see into you and remind you of why things happen a certain yeah. way that when you said this, or you did this, yeah. you were thinking this because of your strengths and the way your thought processes are. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. However, I want you to rethink this in this way, because this is more in line with who you are. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the stuff that you and I have recognized as being so valuable. And, you know, you look at some of the takeaways of what you and I've learned and it's exactly what you said. And I love that. And it's learning who you are. Once you understand who you are, everything begins from that. And gosh, I wish I'd have known that 30 years ago. Me too. And like things that you also touched upon in terms of like what Barb does is she also brings to light how the other important members of your team in terms of how they behave. Because ever since my conversations with her, I know all the profiles 
of all like my direct reports simply because I want to make sure that I'm communicating to them in a manner that's most beneficial and most efficient for them. Right. And I ask them to be mindful of what my profile looks like, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. but, but, but it's not a one way street. It's a two way street, right. You know, like I, I have other, I have certain team members that are, are a little more methodical. Right. So I, I, like, I know it's not a good idea to interrupt them in the middle of their day. It's way better because my natural reaction would just be to walk by and say, hey, you got a minute? You want to talk? Because that's how I want to do things, right, right? right? But for them, you know, that might really throw them off course and they just might not be able to kind of reboot as quickly. So therefore, you know, I, I was like, oh, this person's like that. So then in, in that case, I'll shoot them an email, right? You say, hey, can I get on your schedule, right? right. You know, this afternoon, tomorrow. It's so hard for me, but to, yeah. But, you yeah, know, you're right. You're you know, right. So, 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 so when I know that, I try to behave that way. Right. And that, that helps, you know, their happiness. It helps their efficiency, right? And if they're happy and they're efficient, by default, I'm happy too. And their value goes up in your mind, in Absolutely. your eyes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of clean things up and kind of finish things up, to tell me if if you were listening to this podcast right now. Okay. Okay. And someone else was in your chair okay. and was in front of the microphone. What are two or three things that you think, based on your experience, based on your wisdom, what you learned over the years, give the audience one, two or three things that you wish you would have known 20 years ago? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I think the first thing that I wish I'd known 20 years ago, I think is focus. And what I mean by that is you can interpret it in, in so many different ways. It's about specializing, it's about knowing your customer, it's about being a, a niche within an industry, right? And it's knowing that you can't be all things to all people and having the actual discipline to act that way, right? And I'm gonna be honest, I don't always practice what I preach even today, but it's something that I'm definitely way more aware of today than I was probably like 20 years ago. The idea is focus. Know what you're good at. Know what your core customers need, right? Listen to them and start there, right? And like, I figured if we just did that all day long, you're probably not going to have a bad business, you know? Right. Right. I wish I would have been more focused, okay. you know, from, from the very get-go. And I think that's one. And I think from a personal growth standpoint, it's still something that I'm still, I guess, coming to terms with. And it's kind of like, it's the whole, like when they talk about from a personal level, level like the gap and the gain, like you don't have to do how other people do it, right? It's being a, being comfortable that you're good enough the way that you are. It sounds kind of weird. No, you're, I, I'm with you though. It, it's just kind of weird. It's like, you're good enough the way that you are, right? So yes, you, like, you, you know, you still ask questions to, to, to get tidbits, to get insight, you know, to get valuable information, but you don't need to be, you know, cause I'm not the business leader that reads a book a week type of stuff that they say, you know, and I haven't read all 100 books that every business leader should read. I haven't done any of those things. Right. Part of me before used to feel guilty. Right. That is like, oh, like, you know, you're not bettering yourself because you haven't done all these different things. Well, the way I say it is like, well, maybe I haven't read all those books, but I've had a lot of really insightful conversations with a lot of people that have. Right. Right. You know, right. so that's just me. That's my shortcut. Right. right? You know, I, I find the person that has in addition, like I didn't find the person that wrote the book. I found the person that runs a very successful business in the manner which I find to be admirable. Right. And that I want to emulate 
your life, not just professionally, but personally and all that kind of stuff. And I ask a bunch of questions because I've seen you apply it, right? That's how I choose to learn. And like years ago, I would have, I would have beat myself up, right? You know, for not doing all these things. Right. And now I'm, I'm completely comfortable with that's just me. And that's how I choose to better myself because that's the part that I actually enjoy. Right. Would I rather spend an hour talking to you or read a book? I'm telling you, hands down, without a doubt, I'd rather spend an hour talking to you. Right. It's yeah. good. It's good stuff, man. Hey, listen, I always enjoy spending time with you. And I, I always walk away from our conversations feeling smarter than when we started, right? <laughs> you and I seem to relate really well and have a lot of the same ideals when it comes to business and, and personal life of what's important. And even though our Colby's are different and yeah. our strengths are different, it's fun to have a friend like you that you can share some things with. I agree. So most of all, thank you for being my friend. No, thank you. And thank you for coming in and uh, doing this podcast with us. I know that, that the audience has uh, probably picked up some fun things about you and hopefully we'll be able to uh, put something there on the site so that we can have some information about you and your company so they can go okay. and find out more and we can have that out there. Thank you. And for our listeners, you know, again, we're always looking for feedback on this podcast. Hit the subscribe button. Give us some critical feedback how we can make this thing better. Go to our website at accessefm.com. Check us out there. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a tweet. Give us a thumbs up. And appreciate you guys listening.